Welcome to Upward Together. By joining us, you are entering a community built upon exploration, respect, and non-judgment. We aren't sure where our musings will take us, but we thank you for stopping by. <laughs> yo, what's up? Hey, hey. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? You can't see it, but this, well, you can see it, but you can't tell. This jacket is like a orchid pink, but it looks white, probably. It does look white. My flannel is, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to talk about clothing. No. No, I wanted to explain to you the reflection that I did over the past few days when I was like, oh, okay. Josh, I think I, uh, what did I text you? We have 10 million things to talk about. You went to Copenhagen. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I said, I think I figured it all out or rather I think I let certain pressures get to me. And then you respond like a day later or a few hours later going, I am derping <laughs> <laughs> all individual messages. <laughs> no. So when I was at Copenhagen, I was talking to my host father about what I was doing in my life. And I told him about just the different projects I was working on. And he goes, Jethro, like this is low hanging fruit. This is, this could be a ludicrous venture. You can make a lot of money, work for a bunch of different churches, blah, 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 do it. And I was, I, I like got swayed and I didn't realize I got swayed, but I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like I would love to be like this like figurehead or I would love to make more money. And then when I went home, I was like, oh, okay, here are all the things that I'm doing and I'm going to divide them so I can like optimize money or optimize profit or like turn this into a company, whatever. Um, just to start to make these things grow. Uh, and then, and then I thought about it. Well, yeah, I had thought about it and, um, I was like, that's not why I did any of this in the first place. And I realized how much I pivoted because of the excitement of somebody else. Um, and I'm not going to analyze that, like why I got swayed by the excitement of somebody else, probably because I didn't, I don't want to let people down or whatever. But the reason why I did the things I did this past year was to emphasize the lack of being driven by money. And I think that was one of the reasons why you hopped on board too. It was this idea that um, we give our gifts, we give everything and um, we hope that other people do the same. Um, and then I think just stress of life, stress of family, stress of all of that, I think, kind of skewed my vision a little bit um grappling with guilt and responsibility but also staying true to myself all of that was i think just interwoven and i i if i'm being honest like i don't think i want to start three companies and be full uh overflowing and stressed out um I don't think that's how I want to do life. Um, and I know I talk about 
the idea of systemic change all the time and how to, but if I just feel like if I'm doing it the same way everybody else is doing it, AKA like hiring a lot of employees, which means I actually have to profit maximize so I can pay my workers. Um, doesn't feel like I'm uh, trying to tear down the system. It looks like I'm just reveling, reveling, reveling. Which one is it? Uh, I say reveling. Okay, yeah. Well, I, reveling. Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm just reveling in the system that we're in and really taking advantage and maximizing how easy it could be for me. Um, <clears throat> and wow, it was so easy to get swayed. So I think, I think this is something that is very human. This idea that no matter how much you think you figured it out and how much you're on that narrow path, uh, it is so easy to just like get taken up by whatever's going on in the world, whether it be money, fame, power, influence. As soon as you get like a taste of it, as soon as I get a taste of it, uh, it was like, oh my gosh, like, I think it was all of these thoughts, like, I'm too good to be settling, I'm too smart to not, like, get a high-paying job, as if those were, or at least, I mean, those were ingrained in my head, that I was like, okay, you're s smart, and you're lucky, and you're talented, so go make a lot of money, provide for family, and um, never worry a day in your life, kind of thing. And, um, I mean, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of it is stressful too, because, you know, what if I, you know, I want kids in the future. I want a family in the future. And obviously I can't just be selfish if you want to look at that way and like not make enough money for my kids to, and my future wife to feel comfortable. Obviously, I think life transitions when that happens because um, it would be kind of mean to my kids and my wife, I guess, if I'm like, well, I don't want to make money. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm doing everything for free pro bono. Um, and so I think I grapple with that a little bit too, just because I was raised to seek out family as quickly as possible um, and have children as quickly as possible to like kind of remove that from my identity and go, okay, well, that's later. What looks good for me now in this moment? Um, but at the, same, at the same time, I'm not sure that just providing money is the most important thing you can give to your family. Oh. And by I'm not sure, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I would say unequivocally it's not. No, I, for sure, for sure. I think, I think when... Uh, and I am hesitant, I think, to say this, but I think my parents really struggled with the amount of privilege that I was exposed to growing up that they didn't have. And so when I was, when I had all these opportunities, like good education, um, I was able to pursue my hobbies. I had time to 
rest and stuff like that. I think, I think there was a sense of I'm taking life for granted or I'm not maximizing it. And so I, I totally understand the mindset of people who come from a worse off place than me um, when they are kind of oriented towards survival, which is money. And so I'm not, I don't want to throw any malice towards anybody in my family, but I think that is always there. It's always lingering. Um, and if I told my parents back, not my parents, if I told my family back in the Philippines that I was kind of doing this kind of thing with my money, I think they would love me the same still, obviously because unconditional love. But I think also there would be a little bit of confusion as if I was kind of squandering my wealth or my success. Um, and I think that has, and I think that's something that I have to unlearn. Um, cause now I'm like, I can't date anybody cause I'm not in a financial place that I'm comfortable even doing that. And that's like, you know, a condition, I guess, but also I think, um, for me personally, if it wasn't for money, I wouldn't have gone to the university that I went to. I wouldn't have met the friends that I met. And um, I think it just has been ingrained in me that love can kind of tend to be a business transaction or conditional, or there is some sort of exchange involved. And I think I'm just slowly trying to unlearn that over the course of life of now and recognizing, like you said, that, yeah, true love is truly independent of anything other than the choice you make to each other or the promise you make to each other. Um, but yeah, I think, I think basically what I'm trying to conclude with is there's a lot. I think there's a lot of guilt, confusion, lack of clarity that goes on in my head. Um, selfishness versus selflessness i think that balance of all of those of those types of things are really hard when is love of self too much and when is love of others too much and how do you know what the balance is and um should i wait and be the best version of myself before finding someone else or should i know and believe that with someone else I could be the best version of myself and at what point are you not ready and at what point are you actually ready if I decide to pursue something else that's selfish like I want to do art let's say for example art is selfish I want to do art I want to do music I want to do poetry stuff like that um uh oh did I just lose my train of thought again why is why is art selfish um, cause it's not, well, I don't think it is, but the argument is, okay, Jethro, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a software engineer because all three of those directly affect the world and it's not about you. Like don't enter business. You don't think art directly affects the world? I do. I do. But the argument follows that art is selfish because one, it's not a secure set of money. So... You were doing this for you and not for your family and your grandparents and your great grandparents and your grandchildren. Um, 
And two, um, well, it's not like being a doctor where you're looking at a patient or a lawyer where you're defending somebody's rights or an engineer that is Facebook. <laughs> that was, you know, that's a little bit of a stretch of an argument there. But, um, but me instead, I'm like, well, I'm just going to hole up in my room and write stuff down and share them with the world. And um, to me, that feels good. And to me, I understand why I love it so much. But I think in general, to the majority of people in my life, at least, where money is survival and I'm just like, I, you know, boom, I'm doing this thing for fun. They're like, for fun? So I think it's this grapple of cultural uh, barriers, language barriers, privilege barrier. It's just a very different lifestyle. And I think I just battle with that every single, like I don't, like my identity is just stuck there. And obviously I'll say that my identity is all of it, even the confusion, but it it just trips me up because I feel like everything I do, it's not good enough. Ooh, there it is. There we go. (laughs) Analyzed. We're there now. (laughs) That's it. I figured it out. Thanks, Josh, for listening. But it is good enough. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I was I was, I was watching this one video. I don't remember where, but the guy was like, there's a difference between knowing something is true and feeling and believing that something is true. Like, I know that I'm good enough. I know that everything that I do is good enough because it's me. But I don't always feel that. I don't always believe it, which is a, a weird thing, I guess. But... um but yeah, I think when I do anything and it's not like a perfectionist, not good enough. It's not like I look at it and go, Oh, I could do this way. No, better. it's like it a sucks. potential reaching not good enough. Yeah. It's like a, well, but potential from who's from, <clears throat> from whom's from perspective, not my own, but Again, here's the whole balance thing and the nuance of life is when do you trust your own judgment and when do you trust the judgment of friends and family if they are in fact opposed because they know you better than you know you and stuff like that. And um, how do you properly discern? I mean, properly discerning is talking to your friends, talking to your families, reflecting on it and then making a choice after all is said and done. Um, But, you know, parents have a really strong hold on your own perspective. And I think I'm just trying, I'm learning to take what they say, take what my friends say, take what I say and just look at it all. And then finally decide for myself what is good for me, but good for others. So it just gets really confusing about like what I can't do anything. (laughs) I'm like paralyzed. Yeah, I still think I still think what's best for others is for people to be full in the sense of like if my cup is full then I can let my joy or kindness overflow and if I'm living in a space where it's hard for me to get up each day and do whatever I'm doing and to treat other people with kindness and dignity and respect because 
I'm so drained from whatever I'm doing and I don't feel like what I'm doing is filling me as a person. I think one thing that's difficult now is with so many considerations of all the things that someone could be doing, it's much more difficult. There's, I think there's so many more narratives on what you could be doing based on the person you are that it's more difficult to figure out what is my actual role? What am I actually called to do or, or what is my place in the world? And I think, um, there are people who would say flowers don't have any utility. And there are people who would say that that is obviously false and the flowers have, do you do have utility? And also why do things need utility? Um, I mean, I think that's the, that's the other narrative that when you talk about your, your kind of mission statement and personal philosophy, I think, there's a danger in treating people as objects or treating people as companies, you know, you're not maximizing profit. So, so you're not as good. And I think it's true. I mean, in, in our society that we live in, in the United States, some things are rewarded with more money. And that, that is, you could argue the vote of other people, but also, at a certain point, it just get the tail. The tail is skipped. The scale is tipped <laughs> to the favor of people who previously held positions like that or were in positions of power were able to secure certain things as having more value, so that certain systems could be perpetuated. Because if certain things are, are get, if certain positions make so much money, then with that money comes different influence and different ability to sway the way things work basically. Yeah. <clears throat> like whenever Elon Musk's Elon Musk's whenever Elon Musk tweets something out, the stock market changes. Like just that's wild, you know? At least for Dogecoin or whatever. Uh, but it's not permanent. No. I mean, we'll we'll or we'll see. I mean, <laughs> most of those things won't won't have 40 year long right. No. Impact. No, definitely not. But it's still like kind of interesting to see like when you are someone who is very influential, anything you say or do impacts the world without you realizing it as much. Anyways, that's not part of this. But but I think even if you're not influential, everything you say and do impacts the world personally. I mean, no, I, that's, what I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I think I think the interactions that we have with other people is, is the manner in which we impact the world. And I think for art, as an example, art that you consumer enjoy becomes you to me. I mean, I think certain, certain music, I'm also, you know, I play music, but I've you gone to do? concerts the last three nights in a row. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, I said, you do <laughs> you play music? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. For anyone who uh, is tuning in for the first time. <laughs> um, but I mean, there was a connection in the band I just saw the last two nights was, is called all them witches. And I saw them in North Carolina and in uh, Maryland. Oh, just back and to back nights. 
Yeah, I drove up. I drove up to Maryland to see them twice in a row. Oh heck yes! And I might try to get a, another ticket to see them another time. Oh, that's dope. But um, I was talking to Parks after the show, who's the the front person bass player, um, about how I came about their to to discover their music through um my friend in Mexico, Amaranta, and their music ended up being kind of the soundtrack to me driving in a bus around Mexico from city to city. And I, I think it's, it's something about art that is incomparable. I mean, if you are a physical artist, like my cousin, Brian, and you make pottery, something that you create then becomes part of the home and the life of someone else and his whole yeah, it's art, but sometimes it does have utility. So sometimes he'll make mugs and things like that. And sometimes he'll make just art that's is art because it's him expressing himself in the process of create creating it. Um but I mean it's the process and that that feeling of of doing what you're called to do. Like we when we talked about it and I felt so off because I wasn't doing the things that I, I feel are core to my identity. I can do all the things that I should be doing or that I am required to do by external forces, but I don't, I don't think that if you truly fully put yourself all in, which is me talking to myself now too, because I'm, 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 I struggle with these things as much as you do. I just am trying to like play devil's advocate and talk. Oh, to of course. I, I'm, I'm going through it. <clears throat> I mean, I'm going through all of this. Same, I mean, the other, the, same the other, the other, the other uh, option is that we both spiral down together. So it's good that we're, that we're, <laughs> no, no, no. that we're getting downwards, <laughs> downwards together. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get some guests on here. We need to get some guests on here. Yeah. If you're interested in joining or, you know, someone who, who needs to join our conversation, please let us know through some, some manner because <laughs> Um, and we should probably do our part in actually following up on those things with these people. Cause yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Cause we do have, we do have, we do have some, for everyone who we've already talked sorry. to, we appreciate you and we're, we're going, <laughs> we're to, getting there. We're going to be in touch. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, you know, we, we, we're saying the same things I've, 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 I like, you know, be gentle with yourself, but also push yourself to do, uh, what, well, you need to. I mean, I know in my heart that not getting out of my bed till a p.m. time and staying up until a wee a.m. time is not healthier for me personally. Um, and so when I have days where I'm struggling and I'm just not wanting to leave my room, sometimes I do use the... I think it's dialectical behavioral therapy and DBT. Like what, what would I, what would I not do? <laughs> like, what do I not want to do right now? And then I just do that. And, and I, I, you know, that's not something that everyone has to think about. Some people, they never get into those days. And then there's other days where I wake up at seven with no alarm and I'm up and I immediately go outside for my walk. And, you know, it's different days are, are different but who you are can be more constant than kind of the, the minute fluctuations of the day to day. So I think 
that's the important thing. You know, what I respect when you write out your personal philosophy that I think is important to come back to is what are you really trying to do and what do you really think will make you the kind of person that you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was recently that I, obviously, it was recently that I realized that I can have ownership of my life and I am allowed to do what makes me happy or gives me joy or fulfillment. And I think since it's so new, and obviously I'm not the only person who goes through this, I think obviously um, there's still some, it feels weird to be able to do what you love. It feels almost wrong to me that I can be happy and, and unlearning that and realizing I am allowed to be happy. I am allowed to enjoy things. I am allowed to pursue things that make me content and full. Um, and I think that's something, you know, once I get it, I think I made the mistake of being complacent and then not continuing to reinforce that and work on it that, uh, you know, enough time passes and I'm like, oh, I don't really know what my philosophy is anymore, what I stand for. And I realized in that, in this sort of thought process, the importance of consistency um, and that once you're better in any regard, physical, mental, emotional health, you don't just stop. You continue doing what made you better in yeah. the first place and yep. and then it becomes habit and then it becomes a, a system and then it becomes part of your life. Um, so I just need to look in the mirror every single day and go, you deserve to be happy. You do. You know, something like that. Or the printer, print out personal philosophy and put it on the wall. I, frame I really should do that. Honestly, it should be like my morning mantra. Just read it. Um, yeah. But DBT. Yeah. That's what I did in therapy. Was, and it worked. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it it can seem silly to someone who's never heard of it or or tried it, but if you're someone who's ever really, really been struggling, and you know, I mean, because that can be one of the most difficult things when you know you're not doing what a what a healthier individual would be doing. Not healthy because it's societal standards. Healthy because it's <laughs> personal hygiene is healthy and <laughs> making sure that you have eaten enough food is healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, moving around and going outside is healthy uh, because of our, our humanity. I want to explain what DBT is before we just name it. Uh, and then, no, okay. Oh, you can, yeah, if yeah. you, if you know, no, 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 no. I thought I, unless we did talk about it before. Why? No, no, no. I, we didn't give like a definition or anything. Um, I explained that. I just said the acronym. Yeah. DBT or dialectical behavior therapy. And I, I'm not going to go into like why it's called that, but basically what it is, or at least part of what it is, is like this analysis of opposites. Um, and when you're thinking one way, pause and think about what the other thing could be. Like you said, like, okay, what do I not want to do right now? Okay, then do it. Um, it's this idea of, and this is probably why you and I are always stuck in this balance thing and what's too much or not, because it's basically saying, analyze everything on all sides and then figure it out from there. 
Um, but it, it really shows you that, um, life isn't all just mostly actually 99% of the time probably is not black and white. And once you get that and understand that everything starts to become more nuanced and you become more open-minded as you recognize where people are coming from and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and then also reflection within yourself. At least that's how I understand DBT. Um, and it's pretty tough because it's what it does is it challenges your normal or your, I guess, yeah, typical sense of thinking. And someone goes, okay, but what if you thought about it the other way and then thought about it the other way? And sometimes that can be really hard because basically your entire way of knowing life is challenged. And that's a really humbling thing to realize that your thought process is not the only one. And it kind of makes sense, kind of common sense when I yeah. say it out loud, but easier said than done. No, I mean, I think it's it's similar to to things like meditation or anything that helps you slow down and not uh, react with immediacy from a place of self-defense or or protection and justification and just pause and realize that while we often are at the center of our own universes, we most likely are not at the center of the universe. <laughs> most likely. I say most likely. I, I feel like I, I don't know enough about <laughs> <laughs> about metaphysics to, to <laughs> someone could be like, actually you are the center of the universe, scientifically proven. We all are each other and <laughs> the universe exists within our collective mind. Okay. Also, I, anyway. I realized that, and this is probably a good wrapping up point, um, mm -hmm. so that you can say love everyone, and then if we, whatever, if, then we can talk after. But <laughs> <laughs> I realized that the beginning of this podcast, it just sounded like I was destroying people. Not destroying, but I just like drilled my parents and I drilled my host father for like swaying me. I want to say that I adore my parents. I think my parents are great. And I, I also adore my host family. I think they're great. Um just the excitement that he had for my idea was phenomenal. Obviously it's up to me to do it or not. He, the, our relationship's not going to change. I'm not saying that his ideas are terrible. I'm just saying that, <laughs> you know, I, I thought about it and I reflected and I still don't know. And I'm still thinking about if that's what I want to do as part of my life. But I really respect that. And also to my parents, and this is what DBT really taught me is like, they're the center of their own universe. Also they're, they're trying to figure out their own life in their own head. I, they're not, no one is born malicious. No one is born to get after you specifically. Um, you're just trying your best given the circumstances you have or the understanding that you have. And I, and I think that really just let go of a lot of resentment I had towards my family. I adore them. They're amazing. I just want to make that clear. I'm not saying that, you know, just that's, you guys are great. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make enemies here. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm. I'm good now. I'm good. Thanks for stopping by. Wait. I don't want to say love. You say it. <laughs> love everyone. <laughs> See you guys next week. Thank you all for listening each week. It would mean a lot to us if you left a rating and review, as well as recommend the podcast to people you know. Your feedback helps us improve allowing more people to find this podcast and muse along with us. If our conversation gave something to you, maybe it will give something to someone else. It sure gives something to us. 
See you all next time.